Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. That should impact how we do everything. Right, if I'm, I, I want you to think about this. If you're witnessing the people, the thing that will hinder you in witnessing is about worrying about what, what they're thinking, how they're receiving it, how's it going. Right, if you concern yourself with, I'm doing this before God. Like, I want God to tell me how. God, is this, am I giving them a clear enough message? Lord, is this, is this a proper representation of, of your truth, of your word to them? If my conscience of him, I'm going to do a better job than if I'm worried about what people are saying. I'm constant with what God is saying. Keep your focus on the Lord. Today, you'll learn from Pastor Bill's message to keep God as the center of your focus when witnessing. He will guide and instruct you by the power of His Holy Spirit. Don't be consumed by what the others are thinking. Simply listen for Him and be led by Him. He will give you the words to say. Pastor Bill encourages you to just keep sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with all that you can. God promises that He is always with you. He will help you with what you need. Now here's Pastor Bill in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 2 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. And I'll tell you this right now, it's one of the most uncomfortable things in the world to share the gospel. It's, it's awkward. It's uncomfortable. Anybody here agree with that? That they're trying to start a gospel center. You know why it's awkward? Because it's spiritual, right? If you wanted to start a conversation with somebody about sports, it wouldn't be awkward. You know, who's your team? You start... Talking about your team, no problem. Oh, your team sucks. My team's all that. Stats ripped, wrapped away them, you know? But turn it to something spiritual, and it's like all of a sudden, I'm looking for the right time. I'm looking for the Lord to open the door. This didn't seem like the right. It'll never be right. It'll never be, it'll never feel right. It'll always feel. I'm just, I've I've accepted that. It's it's gonna, it's supposed to be awkward. It's just gonna be awkward. Just go ahead and get just get done with it. You know, it's gonna be awkward, but I'm gonna do it anyway. And you go ahead and share because it's a life or death situation. Go and be awkward then, you know? It'll always be uncomfortable because it's spiritual and you have to overcome that. Don't look for it to feel. If you're looking for it to feel right, then you'll never share. It just didn't feel like the right time. It, it'll never feel like the right time, but don't be at their funeral saying it just never felt like the right time, right? Because people die every day. And I, I know this, I got an obligation to everybody in my sphere of influence, all my family, all my friends, anybody that I, I deal with on a regular day, I have an have a obligation to have shared with them, to have been a good witness, but to have shared it. I have to. I owe it to them. And so it's life or death. It's a big deal. So once again, the second part of verse uh, 15, it says, um, uh, we, we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those that are being saved and among those who are perishing. And I guess another thing to consider here, well, we'll, we'll move on. Look, look at verse 16 and we'll, we'll talk about it. It says, to one, to, to the one we are the aroma of death leading to death. And to the other, the aroma of life leading to life. And he says, who is sufficient for such things or these things? It says, to one group, we're the aroma of death leading to death. Anybody here want to be the aroma of death? No, right? That's, that doesn't sound like a great aroma. You know, like, you're the aroma of death. Nobody, nobody signs up. Nobody would sign up to be that guy, that girl, you know? But he says, to one group, you're the aroma of death leading to death. To another group, you're the aroma of life leading to life. Here's the deal. It's the same message. It's the same aroma. It's the same person. It's, it's, it's how it's received. Is, it it, it kind of deals with the person and, and where they're at with the Lord. So one group, well, you know, you're the aroma of life. They're so thankful for you and all that you share and all that you do. And they receive it and it just breathes life to them and encourages them. And to somebody else, that same thing that you share, the same 
the same person that you are over here, it's like, ugh, I can't stand it. Get a peep. Could you, could you, <coughs> could you go away with that? You know, could you stop it? Yeah, they, they, they need you to go away to stop. They can't stand it, you know? Here is the flaw that I see in our culture, right? Is Christians, even ministers, want so bad, again, we talked about it earlier, but they want so bad to be received and liked that if it looks like you don't like this, I'll change it. Um, there are churches and there are, men, there are so-called ministers that have decided that, you know what, people don't want to hear about hell on Sundays. Hell is uncomfortable, right? I mean, it's going to be really uncomfortable for those that end up there, you know, but it's, it's not a fun topic. It's like, I don't think any pastor gets up and says, you know what, today I'm going to just talk about hell, you know, burn, 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 you know, but it's in the Bible, is it not? It's in the Bible that Jesus spoke about it. It's there, and when it comes up, you should teach on it. You should speak on it, right? But there are people that have said, you know what? That, I'm not going to deal with that. That's, that's kind of heavy for a Sunday morning. I'm not going to deal with it. Um, there are people that won't preach the whole gospel, you know? There's a guy on TV that said that the, the, the message of the cross is too gory. Too gory for Christians don't want to hear about blood, the blood of Christ. It's too gory for a Sunday morning. They want to be encouraged. And... All I can say to that is like that, that guy going to give an account to God for that, right? You don't get to pick and choose this. I don't get to. It's the aroma of death. Somebody going to hate this message. Somebody else going to love it. Someone's going to be saved by it. Somebody else is going to be damned by it. The same message that someone hears and this person says, I receive it, Lord. Someone else hears the same message and rejects it. That'll be to, to their own hurt, right? When someone dies, and they stand before God and we give an account. The Bible says in Hebrews, it's appointed to man once to die, and after this, the judgment. So what it means. You live one life, you die one death, and you give an account to God for that life. You don't come back as a monkey, a pit bull, a cockroach. You die, and you give an account to God. That's what, that's what you do. And when you stand before God, one thing is up for discussion. It won't matter if you were handsome, ugly, smart, dumb, successful, unsuccessful. One thing will matter when you stand before God. What did you do with Jesus? That's it. That is the, the whole of this life is that. What did you do with Jesus? Did you receive Jesus? He's the, the, the God the Father sent God the Son as an offering, as a sacrifice to save you from your sins. What did you do with him? Did you receive him? Life. Did you receive his offering of forgiveness upon your life? Life for you. You received him, you received life. Did you reject him? Which some people receive him, some people reject him. You receive Christ. How do you receive the Lord? God, I believe that I am a sinner. I believe that you did die in my place to forgive me. And I surrender. I repent of my sin. I turn from my sins. I turn to you, Lord. Have my life. You're the Lord of my life from now on. Boom. You're saved. You will be in heaven. You'll be forgiven. For you, that message brought life. And you should be joyful and thankful and praise the Lord for it. We're going to celebrate communion a little bit. Right? But to the person that rejects it, person that says, yes, I heard that. He died on the cross, rose in the grave, yah, yah, yah. But I'm going to do me. You die like that. And you stand before him and you're, you're in your sins. Well, then that's a whole nother scenario, right? That's that person, that same message to one person, it brought him life. To the other person, God says, I, I made sure you heard the message. I made sure you heard it. You rejected it. And there's a day and a time in which it's too late to receive the gospel, right? I got, as long as I'm living and breathing, I can be saved. But the day I die, it's too late, right? If I die saved, can I ever, can I ever lose it? I'm locked in. Good times. I'm, I'm thankful for that. I'm glad that I can't mess up. 
I'm glad once I get to heaven, I can't be, I can't jack up in heaven. And, no, you're getting kicked out. You, you, <laughs> I'm glad it's, it's like, it's, it's a final, it's a finality to it. I, I am in God forever. Even when you get saved, it's forever, right? I'm born again now. If I jack up, God's going to spank me, but I'm his. I'm his, I'm his kid. I'm born again. I belong to him. And then he don't, he don't kick his kids out, you know, but he do whoop that tail. So, you know, he disciplined those that are his, says that in Hebrews, right? So once I'm his, I'm his, right? And that's if I die, I'm his. I'm, when I'm here, I'm his. But if I'm not his now, I'm not his. I have no relationship. I don't have a prayer life. I'm not connected. Um, if I die, if, I, if I'm chosen in this life to not be connected, I've also chosen in, in, in eternity that I don't want that relationship. God doesn't impose it upon us. And so that's why it's a difficult thing. When you're a witness, some will love it, some will hate it, some will receive it, some will not. Some Christians don't want to be a witness because they take it personal. Don't take it personal. You can't take it personal. When you share the gospel, you can't take it personal how they respond. You just require to be faithful to share it. Is it yours? Is it, is, does God hold you responsible for their response? He doesn't, right? At all. You're, God counts you faithful for having shared it. So once I've shared the gospel with someone, I can leave it with them. I don't have to badger them. I don't have to say, what you going to do? I asked you yesterday. I'm going to ask you again today. You know, you can share it with them and then you pray for them and love on them. You don't have to ride them. It's not, it's not like a personal benefit or win for you if you get them, even though you want to see them saved. If you leave them with the Lord at that point. But I liken it to, you know, I do a little bit of cupiding every once in a while. Every once in a while, you know, I've, I've been known to hook up people. I've been good. I got a good track record. So, you know, anyway, that's another story. But if if you hooking somebody up, right, if, if, if there's a guy over here and there's a girl over there and, and the guy over here is like, man, I really like that girl over there. But I'm, I, I mean, I'm going to tell her you like her, bro, and see if, you know, get you guys talking. I go over, I say, hey, my bro over here is just really interested. He wants to talk to you. He's just kind of shy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, that guy over there with the fango teeth like that? Ugh. You know, and she just, she don't want nothing to do with him. Do I, is that, is that a, is that a knock on me? Do I take that personal? She ain't talking about my teeth. She's talking about him, right? She's not interested in him. Now, I'm sorry when I go back to him, I'm like, hey, bro, she's, she's in a relationship, you know, whatever. <laughs> she's not interested, you know. But it's not a, it's not a, she's not knocking me. When I share the gospel with somebody, they're not rejecting me, right? I'm not offering me. I'm offering Jesus. He died for you. He died to be in a relationship with you. He wants to, he wants to have a relationship. I'm sharing him with you. And if you, if you turn that down, you've turned him down. We got to be good about not taking that personal, even though it might hurt your heart and you really want them to receive it. Um, I know this, nobody made me get saved and I'm not going to make anybody get saved. I'm just called to be a witness, be an aroma, right? You wear a perfume or you wear a cologne. You can't make other people want to wear it, but you know, you wear it, they smell it. Somebody be like, what's, what's that? What's that fragrance? You know, I had a guy do this to me. <laughs> I won't name him. He, he fellowship here, but he had, he had a, um, he had a, a body oil and I smelled it. I was like, I liked it. You know, I was like, what is that? And he, he gave me a scent that was similar, but it wasn't exact. He threw me out. So I, I, me and another brother here got it. I'm like, that's not the same aroma. You know, like he threw me off the scent just a little bit. And on accident one day, I found the right one. I was like, ah, ha, ha, you know, <laughs> he tried to throw me off the scent, you know. But, um, you know, someone smells something, they like it, and they ask you what it is or whatever. You girls and all your little lotions that smell like potpourri and peach pumpkin pie and all that stuff, you know. What, what is that? You know, and you guys tell each other, well, the same way, you know, you just be the aroma of Christ. And some people are going to want to inquire. Some people will ask more. Some people will have questions and they'll, they'll give you more opportunities. But we want to be a witness nonetheless. And so moving on now, verse 16, he says, to the one, again, we are the aroma of death leading to death 
and to the other the aroma of life leading to life. Then he says this, right? Who's sufficient for these things? That's difficult, right? What a best responsibility. I'm the aroma of life leading to life and death leading to death. And he says, man, who is sufficient for these things? And really none of us. None of us are sufficient in and of ourselves. But he answers this in the next chapter, chapter 3, verse 5. You want to write it down in your notes. He says, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. Paul says, I'm not sufficient for these things. You're not sufficient for these. I'm not strong enough to be a witness to the lost or witness to a good example to those that are saved. But you know what? God is sufficient. God is my sufficiency. He, he makes me sufficient to be that. And this is what I think is important. Just as much as we're talking about being the aroma of, 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 you know, being a witness to those that are perishing, we also are an example to one another, right? When we come together as a church, um, many people that are trying to walk and live for the Lord, it's challenging. It's difficult. And people come from a, a week out in the world or a week out, just a week of, there may have been warfare at home. It could be things at work. It could just be in your own heart and mind. When we come together as a church, this should be a time when as believers, man, we just, it should be so much encouragement going forward. We should be building and strengthening and encouraging. This is our time. This is our family gathering. And people should leave encouraged and strengthened and built up. And, you know, I, man, I got whomped out there, but I came here and I just got loved. And I, I heard a message and, you know, I got prayer from the sister over here and the brother over here shared something that really encouraged my heart. And I was chopping it up with them over there. And just the fellowship itself was encouraging. We should come together and it should be so encouraging. I pray to God that we never become messy church. Everybody know about messy church? By been to one, don't, don't bring that mess over, you know. We, we all know what that looks like, you know, where, I mean, I've seen it, where it's messy and people, you know, people leave church wounded, you know. See, you can't sit on the same row and people ain't talking. Don't ever let me see no mess like that up in here, you know. I, just, I really don't want to see it, you know. But we should come here anywhere. This should be where we come and it's just an encouragement. We just encouraging each other, praying for each other, sharing our burdens, you know, receiving, being built up. I'm not just, um, God doesn't just want to use me to benefit the world. God wants to use me in the church too, right? These are, you guys are his kids. If I can't, if the people in the world won't receive me, I, can, I at least couldn't come and encourage y'all, amen? I mean, they might, they, I've been out there sharing the gospel all week. Everybody dis, dissing me and turning me down. I at least ought to be able to come and encourage y'all, you guys, you know, and build you up and have a, have a good time of fellowship. And I have my own self, I've had weeks where, it was just a rough week. And uh, I remember one in particular, just it was a rough week. And then we had a men's fellowship and we all had met up over at Inglewood Christian. And as all the guys came, I remember just 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 conversating. I was so encouraged just by the fellowship, just hanging out that, you know, I was there to teach and be there. But God was like, I mean, I need fellowship too. this. The fellows just being around brothers, praying for each other, talking, you know, we goof around and stuff like that. But I needed it. I needed the encouragement of being with brothers. And so that's a, another reminder just that we would all make ourselves available for fellowship. Uh, some people are out there all discouraged and then they don't never come to nothing. And you be out there and Satan just kicking your teeth in and, you know, you all disconnected from the body. Make sure you make yourself available to the body. You know, that's just I hope you have anybody here that's doing that. So moving on to the last verse, it's verse 17, he says, for we are not as so many peddling the word of God. And I'll come back. I'll walk through these things. We're not peddling the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as from God, we speak in the sight of God in Christ. Now, Paul says there are people in Paul's day just like today that are peddling the word of God. That word peddling 
it, it has the idea, it, it, it actually has the idea of adulterating the word of God. It was a word that they used back then for people that would sell wine. And in order to get more money for the wine, they would, they would water it down. They would put water in the wine to expand it and they'd sell you wheat wine, you know, not that y'all need strong wine, you know, but that it was, a, they were cheating basically. They're selling it, watering it down that they can get more money for it. There are people that do that with their preaching, you know, I water it down. You know, so that I get more money for it. You know, the prosperity gospel is a, it's a, it's something that people preach today and people love that message. You know, just I'm going to get more. You mean I'm going to get blessed? So whole ministries where you just come and they tell you how God's going to bless you. God's going to give you what's your you're going to have your seed time, your harvest, your breakthrough. You're going to get money. You're going to get a wife. You can get a husband. You can get a you know, you, and they just, you know, who don't want to hear that? Right. It's just if you go there for year after year and you're still broke. <laughs> At some point, you look up and be like, you lying. And then they'll tell you, what must be some sin in your life, you know, whatever. So all you got to do is you just hang around that kind of ministry. I know people that were, I know a guy that was in a word faith church, but broke. But he was, I mean, believed in it with all his heart, but didn't have anything. But would argue and argue, and I'm like, it's, it's, look, it's just, look, look. It's not working. It's just it's not working. So, <laughs> sorry. Anyway. There are people that they use God's word for, for, for their own purposes. And we want to be careful of that. We want to be careful that we don't do it, though. Paul said, look, that's not what I'm doing. I'm not peddling the word of God. I'm not adultery. I'm not watering it down to get more from you guys. And he gives us four qualities of his ministry. First one, he says, as of, he says, but as of sincerity. This means that for Paul, there's a, a, a transparency to his ministry, there was no trickery in connection with his ministry. Everything that he did was out and in the open. So Paul says, my ministry to you guys was not, not, I'm not tricking you. I'm not hiding stuff. It's right out open in front for everybody to see. The second thing he says about his ministry is, is as from God. In other words, everything that he spoke, Paul said, everything I'm telling you guys is from God. I'm not making this up, right? When I'm reading to you guys, we're going, that's why we go through the Bible, chapter by chapter and verse by verse. These are not my words. These are God's words. And we're trying to get them in context. Paul says, I'm, I'm sharing with you guys. It's not from me. It's from God. It's from God. God's word is the source of the message. It came from him and I'm just passing it on to you guys. The third thing that he says is, um, or it's really the last, but we'll come back. He says, um, and but as from God, we speak in the sight of God and in Christ. In the sight of God, Paul is basically telling them that my, I'm conscious of who I, who I speak and who I serve in front of. That everything I'm doing, I'm doing in his sight. That should impact how we do everything. Right? If I'm, I, I want you to think about this. If you're witnessing the people, the thing that will hinder you in witnessing is about worrying about what, what they're thinking. How they're receiving it. How's it going? Right. If you concern yourself with I'm doing this before God, like I want God to tell me how God is this. Am I giving them a clear enough message? Lord, is this is this a proper representation of of your truth, of your word to them? If my conscience of him, I'm going to do a better job than if I'm worried about what people are saying. I'm constant what God is saying. Paul says um, we speak in the sight of God and in Christ. And the last thing is, you know, we speak in Christ. This means that he spoke in the name of Christ with the authority of Christ and as a spokesman for Christ. Paul was speaking in the name of Christ, in the authority of Christ, and as a spokesman for Christ. None of this was, no, notice how none of it was him. It's not Paul's message, it was God's message. It wasn't Paul's authority, it was God's authority. And it, was, it wasn't for Paul's glory, it was for God's glory. And I think if we all do it like that, we'll be, we'll be more effective at it. And so as we wrap this up and we get ready to celebrate communion, Here's what I would like to put out to us as a challenge. If you're here 
know you're saved, know you're born again, that's not a question, then I would like to encourage you, challenge you, exhort you that you would take attention this week to just what your witness is like. How are you received by friends? How are you received by family? How are you received by those that you interact with? Do, is there a witness for the Lord in, in your engagements? Do you, do you leave a witness or not? If you don't, this isn't, I'm not beating you up this morning. I'm building you up. If you look and say, I'm not much of a witness. And when I get around them, I become just like them. Or, you know, some people are a bad witness. Some people are, anybody know a rude Christian? That's not what I'm encouraging. I'm not encouraging anybody here and go and be like, go sit at the dinner table and tell everybody, everybody's going to hell. That's not what we're doing either. You know, we want to engage people with the gospel. I want to be able to share the gospel message. Maybe you don't even know how to do that. Maybe you've never done it before. A couple quick, easy ways. One way I, I like sharing the gospel is when you share my testimony. It's, it's non I'm not really, it's not abrasive, right? I'm not really up in your business yet. I'm telling you what God did in my life. And people are very willing to hear about my sin. You know, they don't want to hear about theirs. But if I tell me, yeah, I used to have this issue. And it's like, oh, yeah, you were really, wow. Wow, you really, you needed God, you know, like. And, but then as you turn the corner, it's like, now, um, I, I, if I finish sharing my testimony, I'm like, I asked him, you know, have you ever surrendered your life to the Lord? Where you at with that? I like using the Romans road because uh, it's just all scripture. You know, if you want to have it real quick, it's five verses in Romans, you know, that just lay out the gospel real quick. Romans 3.23. All of sin falls short of the glory of God. So everybody needs God. I'm not better than you. You're not better than me. We both sin and fall short of God's glory. Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus the Lord. My sin will eventually lead you to death, but, but there's, a, there's a way out. God made a provision through Jesus Christ. Romans 5, 8, God demonstrates his own love towards us. Now, while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. God loves you before you give your life to him. God loves you before you clean it up. He died for you while you were yet a sinner. I want people to know how much he loves them because that's the crux of the gospel. He, he died because he loves us. Amen. Romans 10, 9 and 10. What do I do to get saved? Um, you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Um, Romans 10, 13. For all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. No one says, God, I want you. And he says, I don't want you. Nobody. He doesn't turn anybody away. And that's five verses are all piled up in a little section of Romans. And you can just read them, the verses, and share the gospel. If you're nervous, that's a really good way to do it, you know. Can I encourage everybody here this week, though? If you're saved and you know that God has transformed you and saved you, that you would just take the opportunity and look for people. Look for people that they just they don't know yet. They don't know yet. And you want to be the one to share it with them. And love on them and share it with them. Make sure your life is in order that you could be able to share it. So... We want to be a witness. We're to be the aroma of Christ. And, um, and then here too, right? If you're saved, you're a believer already, consider your interactions with other Christians. How might you be a better encouragement when you get around other believers? I think sometimes we don't think about like how we come to church. But when we come to church, we should think about it. Like, God, you should pray before you come. If you're already a Christian, Lord, use me today to help somebody else. Use me today to be an encouragement, to be a blessing, to... Use me somehow. I'm going to be around your kids today. Use me somehow. And you'd be amazed how there might be somebody that just needed fellowship, needed prayer, needed you. Maybe God gives you a word. Who knows? But we come being available for God to use us in that way. And then um, before we move on to communion, we're going to celebrate communion where we remember what Christ did for us, his broken body and his shed blood. But before we do that, um, you know, I never want to assume that everybody knows God. Communion is for believers. Communion is when believers remember 
the broken body and the shed blood and what Christ did for us. And so maybe you're here and you're listening to all this about the aroma of Christ and being a witness and you still need to be witness too. I want to give you an opportunity that God loves you. He died on the cross to forgive you and would love to receive you to himself today. You've been listening to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. Today's message from the book of 2 Corinthians is available to listen to again on our website. Just visit calvaryinglewood.org and click on teachings. Otherwise, you can download our mobile app to listen to more messages. Search for Calvary Chapel Inglewood in your app store. If you're looking for a place to connect this weekend, we'd love for you to join us for church. Look on our website for the latest information on service times and locations. We're a group of people who love to learn from God's Word and be together as the family of God. Again, our website is calvaryinglewood.org. As we looked into the book of 2 Corinthians, has it caused you to think about whether you honor your leaders? It's clear in this book that Paul felt disrespected as a leader, and there were some who did not make it a joy for him to serve in leading them. God calls us to honor and respect the leaders God has put in place. Supporting those that God has positioned over you to shepherd you can bring about a great sense of godly unity. In fact, think about sending an encouraging note or message to those who are in a leading or shepherding position in your life. If you've noticed that this ministry has been a blessing to you, we're glad that we can be a part of that. Would you be praying for a transforming word? As the message goes out, many listeners may be hearing about the Lord for the very first time. Pray for open ears, soft hearts, and changed lives. Thanks for your support of a transforming word.